So I'm sure it's nothing, but uh, Joe and I are waiting for Spike, who did text us, and we all had agreed on the same time to record, and now there's no sign of him. I just texted him. Nothing. Did you try? Yeah, I've texted him, and it's, uh, it's now 10 minutes you know, past the hour, and believe it or not, we're reasonably punctual on this thing. I mean, usually not more than a couple or three minutes goes by if somebody doesn't say I'm... You know, I'm, I'm coming. I'll be right there or something. It's right. kind of unusual. So this this has me worried maybe for the same reason you are because with Spike's recent heart attack and stents, you know how when you're a, like, when your daughter's a teenager and she's out, you worry about all the things that might happen? Yeah, when they're, when you don't know if she's just ignoring you so she can keep the car a little longer yes. or if she's ignoring you because she put the car down a cliff somewhere. Or, God forbid, something else. But same with senior citizens. I mean, it's like, is Spike in an ambulance? What's he up to? Yeah, it's hard to text with heart failure. And I didn't want to joke about that because I have a really bad track record about joking about people and then having bad things happen. So. Yeah, that's happened to me, too. Let's say if anything goes wrong, we will edit this part out. I would hate for my last, well, I don't want to joke about it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, so it's you and I without Spike. We got to get started. And if he comes in, great. Uh, and if he doesn't, I, I don't know. Something must be holding him up. I hope he's okay. So, uh, and a lot of people were concerned about him, but, you know. And he's another, he's the kind of guy too. Now, you know, while he is punctual, he is also the type of person that would forget to charge a phone and, and be having 1% and realize it's time for a call or something. I mean, yeah. Now that we don't have landlines, we only, at least I don't, we really only have one way to reach out to anybody anymore. It's like, well, try him on his home phone. What's that? Oh, Do you yeah. still have a home phone? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, yeah, there, there's a local phone company here, but why would you, why would you have them hook up a phone that's only there when you happen to be next to it yeah so it's uh i got rid of mine when i when i ditched cable and then when i came crawling back i decided i didn't need the phone part i just missed huh. the tv and the high-speed internet although i will say this uh connectivity for where i live in the middle of nowhere i, I wish i had better connectivity uh, so I'm recording this with you and doing this every week without any wired internet. So you're doing this just on on Wi-Fi from a uh, uh, from a modem or whatever. It's from called a router? it's called broadband Wi-Fi, and it was actually kind of set up by Bernie Sanders during 2011 when the troubled asset relief program happened. There was all kinds of grant money to take rural areas like Vermont that had either crappy or no internet and to set them up 
by putting towers on tops of mountains and beam you a Wi-Fi signal. And so I'm at, I'm at the end of a dirt road. I don't have any internet at all except what comes over this Wi-Fi. And that's a big challenge right now is we got to, and I know it's hard to do anything in this economic environment, but if you want to do like uh, back when we had the depression and we decided we were going to build some roads and bridges to get out of this, let's build some internet. Let's, uh, let's, you know, let's strengthen our internet infrastructure because for my job, you know, and for, if we're going to be teaching from from remotely and stuff, we gotta, we gotta even the playing field a little bit in this country. Yeah. There's a big push on for that. And there are lots of rural areas that have even faster internet than your big cities. Uh, A lot of places have fiber optic. In fact, the town right next to me has gigabit fiber optic, gigabit down, gigabit up. And it costs like 60 bucks. Wow, that's a, that's a really good. Oh, it's deal. crazy, yeah. But I didn't know that when I moved here that I was one inch over the town line. Literally one inch? Yeah, that's basically it. Oh, man. We I know. Gotta, <laughs> we got to get you a variance or something. Well, the real estate agent who sold us this property lied through his teeth. He said, uh, yeah, you got uh, cable... You can call Comcast, or you can call the local phone company has DSL. And so the day after we bought this place, I called Comcast, and they were like, now we're seven miles away from that address. And then I called the uh, phone company, and they said, we can get you a dial-up line, but the internet, no, it's no good. Mm. That was it. So I was fortunate that they have this Wi-Fi, uh, broadband Wi-Fi. And you have it in Seattle, too. There's some companies that offer it. A lot of people use it for their business laptops so that they, they can be connected fast wherever they go. It's kind of a hot spot in a sense. Yes. Well, yeah, very much like that. Except that, you know, I mean, I can watch Netflix. can do everything. I just don't have a lot of extra bandwidth to spare. And then they charge you when you go over the caps. You're always telling me what to watch on Netflix and giving great suggestions, which I got to admit, I rarely get time to see. But I got one for you. You said you've seen all of Netflix, so you may have seen this already. Well, not. you never know. Give it, sh- try me. Well, I'm very passionate about this. Uh, Emily came over and we watched it together. And I, I think it's the best documentary I have seen. Now, I don't know if you're a documentary guy, but this is the best one I've seen in a long time. All right. Crip Camp. Have you seen that? What is it about? It is about uh, the uh, civil rights movement for handicapped people. Oh, and, and it goes back to a uh, to a summer camp, actually up your way somewhere up there in the uh, like uh, northeast, uh, like out in the woods of New York or something, kind of the Woodstock uh, region and the Woodstock era, and it was where. Um, People with, uh, you know, cerebral palsy, polio, uh, blind people, all kinds of people went to this camp that was run by hippies. And, uh, you know, they played baseball and they did all the things that that the regular people would get to do. And uh, they formed this kind of uh, uh, bond. And then they became political activists about getting rights for handicapped people. Mm. And and they go on to... uh, uh, you know, they protested. They wound up. Uh, it's really a big part of history. They occupied the uh, um, 
a government building in San Francisco for many days, and then they marched on the the White House uh, uh, for like twenty days. And this now, is all what's what's it called again? Uh, Crip Camp, C R I P C A M P, as in crippled. Yes. Wow. You know, um, that's an amazing story. And I'm looking at the website for it now. Crip Camp, a disability revolution. And I got to wonder, could something like that happen today? Well, it's kind I won't say it's, I won't say this is, 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 is like directly to Black Lives Matter, but, but it's, uh, it's, it's kind of that way uh, in a sense that they, uh, they basically raised hell for, you know, and protested nonviolently, but like literally sitting down. And when you've got a bunch of people in wheelchairs, even when the cops come out, they don't know what to do about that. It's like, and, you know, even in this time, uh, they didn't have uh, 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 vans and stuff that were equipped for wheelchairs. Yeah. These guys were rolling around the country in, in U-Hauls uh, in the dark. They would roll them up there. They would roll them out. They would get out. They would protest. They would roll on to the next place. So uh, it's, it's really uh, it's worth watching. And, and Michelle and Barack Obama are the executive producers. This is their first oh. uh, first foray into filmmaking. It has nothing to do with, uh, you know, uh, really politics on one side or the other. But it's just a super well-made uh, documentary that I would highly recommend if you're looking for something good to watch on Netflix. Right. I think everybody would do you, like it. Do you yeah. remember the twisted tune we did about the handicap? That's where I. That's what I was telling Emily about. I said, you know, I kind of remember some of this stuff. And, and really what it uh, is about is, you know, getting the uh, 504 passed and then getting the American with Disabilities Act passed. And now, I there are that, a lot of people that can't stand the fact that that was passed. And the reason is because you have to, in order to follow all those regulations, everybody who tried to build something now has to spend extra money to make it wheelchair accessible. They have to build ramps. They have to build wide doors. And when they build a bathroom, they have to have a big, you know what I mean? It was a, it was a major undertaking to insist that our country be friendly to people who were, who were disabled. I think it's a wonderful, beautiful thing. But I wonder in today's political environment, especially since you tell me Barack Obama and Michelle are, are involved in this, I wonder what my right-wing friends, if I have any left, by the way, they're, they're rapidly going by the wayside, thanks to you guys. Well, no, I think, <laughs> I think thanks, to the, thanks to the guy in charge, I think most yeah. of the right-wing friends are realizing, you know, I might just take this summer off on uh, talking too much politics. Well, they won't know. talk to me uh, because uh, I'll ask them specifically about various i want to know what they believe and they don't want to talk about what they believe you know, they just want to say that that democrats are evil and bad i had a friend text me the other day and you know who this is he's a dear friend he's an electrician always been a big fox news fan and um and his text was like he was from another planet to me, and I haven't responded to him yet because I, I just don't know what to say because uh, I don't want to be mean. I, this is the thing. People say I'm, I'm on the fence. It's not that I'm on the fence. It's just that I don't believe in disliking people. I mean, I wish everybody could get along. Anyway, I'm going to read you his text. 
um, it was, I've been listening to your August 6th podcast. God damn, Bob. I don't know how you can surround yourself with that. I don't know, Bob. It's just nutty. I can't listen to Joe and Spike. You try to play the middle, but that's kind of nowhere. I remember one time you asked what America meant to you, and I'm worried about it. It's all got to be, and this is where it gets goofy. I remember one time, one time you asked what America was our meant to you. He might have been, uh, you know, using Siri there. What I'm worried about is what's going to be left of this country. I'm afraid we're just going to watch it burn to the ground. And so, anyway, I'm like, what do you say to your friend like that? Like, I just want you to be happy, but, you know, I'm trying to remember how President Obama handled all the violent demonstrations during his term, but... And the huge plague and, and all that and, other yeah, stuff. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember, uh, I, I believe you said he was golfing too much and deserved to quit because he was golfing too much. I'm trying to remember what else. Um, I'm trying to remember how many of his cabinet quit and wrote tell-all books about him and how many of them ended up in jail and needed to be pardoned. And, you know, I'm just drawing a blank. So yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that to him, but I... I didn't. And even even G.W. Bush. I mean, you know, it's and so many people were, uh, you know, when John Lewis died and, uh, uh, you know, Trump was saying, and this is probably what got your friend mad when I started talking about this, but when Trump, you know, said, really gave him no respect and didn't come to the memorial and everything, which is fine, said he didn't come to my inauguration. We also didn't come to George W. Bush's inauguration, and George W. Bush was there to eulogize the guy. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So well, there's peop and, people. Yeah. Keep going. I'm sorry. Well, I'm just going to there's there's Democrats and there's Republicans and there's people who can see the upside of both. It's it's not I don't think it should be about it being a Democrat or Republican in this particular instance. And I don't want to make your friend and everybody else mad again, but I think it's uh, it's one guy. You know, it's it's and I think even most Republicans or at least a good chunk of them are yeah. starting to, to realize. Yeah. So it. I think that's where you'd underestimate. Uh, Republicans, because I know a bunch, and some are dear friends, seriously, and they are still what I would call brainwashed and hypnotized, which is funny because that's how they always used to describe my liberal friends, as liberal, hypnotized, and brainwashed. And, and now, and this is what makes me on the fence, I do think everybody who's picked a side in politics is kind of brainwashed because once you pick a side, you have to root for your team, even when they don't deserve it. And that's what, uh, that's, the, that's the way it looks to me. I mean, it's li literally just tribal behavior, but I, I, anyway, I got to say something to him. I don't know what to say. And I'm, I think the only real thing to say is, well, I hope it all works out for this country. Uh, because I, I think that, you know, politics has gotten too nasty and that's about all I, I i would say unless he wants to know more and then i would go well what about your core values does you know does this guy represent your core values but i've tried that on several people and they end up talking about how evil the democrats are and how you just have to stop liberals and yeah you know that's it so uh you know i don't know i mean 
and I don't want to make a, a generalize or make a whole group. By the of way, every time angry. you say you don't want to do something, you know it's because you're just about to do it, right? Well, I'm going to suggest yes. something here. <laughs> it's a human nature thing, by the way, Joe. I love it for it. Go ahead. Some of the some of the people who are the most passionate about defending uh, the current administration and the most passionate about attacking uh, just the Democrats and the liberals and libtards in general, blonde women. Don't ask me why. Why? I noticed in a lot. I don't know. Well, because Fox gave them all employment. Maybe so. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking just in the person, my personal I mean, world. It's like, I thought you were, you know, I thought we uh, got along I mean, and stuff. I watch Kaylee McEnany. I just turned the sound down. Yeah. These are, I mean, I'm talking blonde women that I know. I oh. mean, it's like, how did, not, I mean, maybe You mean it's not, a, not cable newscast uh, No, anchors. not cable newscasters. Yeah. I'm talking, like you said, look at your, you know, your social mm. media page. Look at what your, your neighbors are, you know, are, are saying or whatever. I'm noticing, and no offense to blonde women. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of nice ones, but I am noticing that there's something about blonde women that there seems to be a, uh, uh, a, a bit of a of a of a I don't think it's genetic, but there's something that makes them them seem to be. And I don't want to say you know the the Karen thing that everybody's doing, but it seems like that uh, a lot of times it's blonde women. Now I don't know if they're natural blondes or uh -huh. not, but and maybe it's just just my experience. But I've noticed that when when ladies are saying mean things, a lot of the times. Uh, they're blondes, and, and I think there aren't as many blondes, so that makes mm. me wonder about that. Well, uh, so I, I I turned on Fox News today uh, just so I could see what my friend is seeing, and if you were watching Fox News from another planet, you would think there was blood all over the streets of every major American city, that the protesters were torching and burning buildings, and it, it Instead of just a couple neighborhoods and a couple of, and, and I swear, I think they're anarchists that are trying to incite violence. Um, but then you, if you were watching the news, you would think that the whole country's in disarray, which... Well, they may have that part pretty accurate. But not, not from where I sit. I mean, it's no. literally just a couple of neighborhoods and a couple of cities, and, it's, and the protests are occurring... Uh, because of racism to, you know, to people can't think they've just had enough. They can't stand it and they just want it to stop. And then I believe there's a bunch of anarchists who take advantage of the situation because they see that they get a chance to be on the news and make headlines. And I swear, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of them had uh, red hats stuffed in their glove boxes. Could be, and, and, and uh, but I'll tell you, I think some of the worst looting uh, I've ever witnessed in my life, I witnessed on TV uh, today for what happened last night in Portland. And this is no, or Chicago, not in Portland, in Chicago, yeah, yeah. on the Miracle Mile. This is like saying you're going to go down Park Avenue and loot. Right. I mean, this is this is some of the most high. High-end shopping, you know, going. This well, is downtown so, Chicago. So, this Joe, the, the attempt is to say that it's you radical liberals that are doing this. That it's The attempt is to lay it at your feet because of your beliefs, because you don't want them to chisel Donald Trump's face uh, onto Mount Rushmore. That you, and by the way, the lust for liberal power. Did you see that? Attorney General Barr said yesterday that liberals no, have a lust for power. And 
And I'm like, the liberals just I don't want everybody to get along and treat each other nicely. I think. I mean, lust for power. I believe there yeah. is someone in the White House with lust for power. But yeah. it's just fascinating. Anyway, I'm letting it all hang out. I really don't care if anybody doesn't like me because I'm on the fence. And I am on the fence. I would gladly vote for a Republican for president if there was one that had some values and morals that I could believe in. And then I would gladly vote for a Democrat either way. But I because I don't I don't vote along party lines. But right now, it's just the whole thing is a mess. That's that is for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm really concerned about Spike. We're uh, he's 30 minutes late now. Spike is now 30 minutes late and no text, no call, and he had already confirmed 7 p.m. Right? Yeah. Yep. So we're literally worried about our brother. And I do not know. Yep, he has not. I'm going so to ring I'm his phone again. Try him one more time. Let's see what happens. And if he's not there, what do we do? I don't know. I'll see if I have a number from Melissa. This is concerning. Hmm. Well, you know, we have to carry on. Let's go over some of the stories you got uh, pulled for today. Interesting stuff. Uh, college football on the brink of canceling the season. Uh, seems to me all sports should be canceled. I know that's a harsh thing to say. I think so. The Seahawks sent me an email saying, uh, you know, uh, look for your refund. We'll see you next year. So they haven't announced anything, but if they're giving me my money back, I assume that uh, they'll probably be, you know, given most everybody soon. Right. And if they give you your money back, that doesn't mean they won't play alone in the stadium, but maybe they should. Right. We need the NFL. I mean, I'm, I'm maybe that's just selfish of me, but but all through this thing, about a month into this thing, I started, you know, getting cabin fever like everybody else. And I started thinking, well, summer's going to come and then football will come and the world will be back to uh, the way we enjoyed it. So you and, really uh, did think that. Well, yeah, that's that's what that's the thought that kept me going. Now huh. I don't know if I believed in my heart, but I was. That's what I've been, you know, kind of hoping for. Uh, uh, and if I can't think of anything bigger in America that you would could cancel than the NFL season, and I say bigger in uh, from a money standpoint, from the from standpoint of a of of an old white guy, it's the biggest thing there is. Old black guys like it too. Yeah, you're all right. You're right. Black guys matter too. Yes. Yeah, especially in the NFL. Um, It's uh, you know, it's that'll be a big deal, and that'll be like okay. Now we've really got to figure out some other ways to entertain ourselves and and uh, and pass some time here because so uh, I, I may come off as a pessimist, but from the very beginning of this virus. Like within a couple of weeks of when the U.S. first started taking notice of it, you know, when we had 400 uh, cases or whatever, I looked at Lisa and I said, honey, your birthday is coming up, but it's your birthday next year that we might be able to go somewhere. 2021. So I said that from the first week and everybody was like, no, no, two weeks. 
uh, President Pence, Vice President Pence says two weeks to stop the spread. And then I was like, yeah, but then what happens after that? It's a, it's a virus. It's a cold. And then, of course, two weeks turned into a month, turned into almost six weeks. And we never really shut down like, you know, like New Zealand shut down or South Korea shut down or China shut down. We sort of semi shut down where every business like so many businesses that didn't need to stay open, stayed open. And pretty much everybody was ignoring it because you had the White House sort of sending mixed messages. Well, you know, some of you may want to wear a mask, but I'm not going to wear a mask. Anyway, I watched all that and I was like, I don't know if that's going to shut it down or flatten the curve enough. And then we all got impatient. And I remember Georgia was first. Georgia was like, tattoo parlors got to open. And then, of course, that high school last week with the whistleblowing students posting pictures of everybody crammed in. And now that high school is closed. And I just thought, why can't we all be honest with each other? Like, even if the news is bad, just say this. You know, folks, we should shut down for another 30 days, but a real shutdown. Like, stock up at Costco and... Don't do anything for 30 days because if everybody sits at home for 30 days, the virus is essentially gone, like really gone. And then when you have a case here or there, you contact trace, you test like crazy and you squash it. That's the way the countries that are successful with this are doing it. Does that make sense to you? Completely. And yeah. what I've been thinking is uh, obviously... Um, you know, in, if it doesn't get better, and I, I wish it will, but I don't know if it will till we do. I say, you know, we shut down from Thanksgiving till New Year's. And it's like, you know, we're locked in our home for the holidays. And you just, <laughs> I mean, you, you, because this is the yeah. most low kind of, you know, it's like, Everybody wants to go home for the that holidays. That might be like, uh, President uh, Trump's first act of his second term is to do yeah. that. Yeah. Go home and stay home, and, you know, and, and, and stock up and buy yourself a big Christmas ham or whatever. But right, you sit right. there, and it's going to be tough because, unfortunately, that's when it's, you know, families want to be together even more. And it's like, okay, if you want to be together, you're going to be together for all the holidays. Mm. You go find the house and you sit there and, and you don't move. Yeah, but you, I, I still don't think Amer Americans, all of us, I'm talking, it doesn't even matter what political party you are. Everyone's so entitled to their freedom. We'd be happy to take away other people's freedom, but I don't think we as a nation have sacrifice for the common good in our character anymore nope. and i'll tell you i already mentioned i i'm sorry for the blonde women uh, generalization i'm gonna single out one more group right. i've noticed a lot of my friends or at least uh, uh, associates that put particularly um uh, things that would rile you up a little bit also have pictures of motorcycles on their page. Bikers seem to have a hard time with this. Uh, Oops. This Spike's calling spike. me. Hey. Hold on. Speaking of bikers. Are you alive? Are you guys? Yeah, I just fell asleep. Oh. So, Joe and I, were just join us. We're already talking. We were, we were freaking out about your health, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but... 
No, I'm so happy you simply fell asleep. That's good. I I think you need as much sleep as possible. Just jump on. Jump on to the podcast. Okay, give me a second to get this thing. Take your time, man. We're fine. He fell asleep. Mm. Boy, there's one thing I'm not short of anymore. Sleep? Oh, it's so much sleep. You must now that you're, you know, you're off for the summer, right? Yeah, I got a, a bad habit of uh, I watch TV and I fall asleep, and then I wake up and I go, ah, oh, you know, and then I go to bed. So, but I'm I'm certainly not cheating myself on any sleep right now. Huh? When you watch you, TV and fall asleep, um, you just drift off in front of a live TV? Right, and that's what Kelly says. I need to establish a bedtime again. It's like turn the TV off, go to bed, go to sleep. I almost always will watch tv i'll start watching uh jimmy fallon or something and then i'll fall asleep i'll wake up it's two in the morning and then i go to bed and sleep till seven but I oh, should but so be. you're getting enough sleep oh yeah i'm not shorting myself on sleep that's for sure yeah so the tv is sort of your lullaby yeah in fact i better start uh kelly bought me something for my birthday that she spent way too much on that i got to use as part of my sleep so now i've got to uh I got to get my sleeping routine back down. What did she buy you? She bought me one of these germ zappers. Uh, and a it's expensive. Germ zapper. Yes. It's, uh, uh, it's kind of like what uh, William Shatner is pushing on TV. It's for cleaning oh, your mask. Oh, it's the mask. thing to clean your, your uh, breathing mask, right? Yes. Yeah. It'll clean your breathing mask, but it'll also clean your car keys and your uh your uh, virus mask is it ultraviolet whatever. light is that what it does yeah i think so well i don't know i haven't plugged it in or even taken out the owner's manual how I long ago I've did you get it, it for you uh over a week ago oh, so i've been yeah. i've been needing to uh to get into this thing is this the like, one that william shatner endorses i don't, i don't know i gotta look i think like, william shatner just joined us i think he can tell us is, is this the uh, uh cpap uh, machine cleaning thing that you endorse uh mr shat sleep yeah. The final frontier. <laughs> <laughs> These are the voyages of a man, slightly overweight, who lives life to the fullest, much like his belly. Mm. Only William Shatner would see me as slightly overweight. <laughs> yeah. I see the shirt is half full, Joe. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so, I'm so Shat, sorry, gentlemen. Shat, when you... Uh, yeah, we were worried about you. Um because there was that. there was no sign of you, and you were the last one to confirm our start time. Yeah, and the last thing you heard, did hear from me was, I'm going to go to COVID test on Saturday. Hope I'm alive on Monday. See you then. Oh, Bye. Gosh. So your test happened, right? <laughs> My test happened. Second one I've had, by the way. And you're negative. I don't know yet. I'll find out tomorrow. Oh. Closest turnaround was three days for test results. Sure. And like I said, it took me uh, five days to get an appointment. What I should have done had I thought about it was uh, I should have booked an appointment when I left New York. I should have anticipated that there would be a few days out yeah. to, to get a test, you know. I don't but know. What, once so, I got home. And do they charge you for the test? No, no, no. Okay. Um, I'm getting one tomorrow I, morning, by the way. Okay. I could have gone to my local physician. Right. You know, and there would have been a charge, but it wouldn't have gotten me any quicker. Hmm. The uh, King County City Seattle does free testing and the timeline's not much different. Then, uh, you know, then going to your doctor. So we don't know for sure yet, but you feel good. I feel fine. Yeah, yeah. you probably did okay. At least yeah, I are talking about whether we want to risk going on a plane, but so far I don't really see any reason to. 
Well, you know, it depends on what airline you fly and when you fly. I've, I've heard horror stories of mm. full flights, you know? Yeah, and, so uh, that's like Russian roulette. It depends on which chamber and whether it has a bullet in it. I, that's right. the same thing. I don't think I'm going to do it. I, well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I flew overnight. Yes. You know, which was a less, uh, and I flew to LaGuardia, from, which is a less popular airport in New York City. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, a midday flight to JFK probably would have got me a seat partner right next to me, somebody right in front of me, right behind me. But as it was, I had literally 10 rows in any direction. But that, that, that's, you couldn't say that after the fact, but going no, to know, the plane, you didn't know that ahead of I time. I did not. I did not know no. that. No, you're right. You took a I chance. mean, when, when I picked my seats on the flights, uh, on the on the website, there were tons of options. So you had an idea. Okay. I had an idea. Yeah. Well, our grandchildren and, and miss not us. Like they're, it's like they're, <laughs> I'm sorry, I bet they do. Yeah. And we, well, they're doing they're doing buy one get one free right now. I saw I that on Alaska and get the middle seat, but I I wouldn't. Well, that's go. what you're buying for free. I'm yeah. buying it so no one sits in it. <laughs> well, no, they say if you buy two seats and the third one will be empty. That's what they're promising. Oh, that's smart. But I, you know, I don't know. But air travel still dead in the water, man. I mean, the airline industries are di- are dying. Airports well, the government is it's on government life support. So that's the other thing that I mean. Everything is on government life support right now. And the mm-hmm. printing presses are running full-time, printing free money, mm-hmm. which is free. It really is free as long as we're convinced it's free. And, um, you know, they're hemming and hawing as they always do about how, when to cut people off. But it's an election year. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they're going to give out a lot of free money. Uh, but I was telling Joe, this virus is over when there's a vaccine that's at least 60% effective because you give that out in mass, plus you probably by then have 20% of the population that is already immune with antibodies or T-cells. Yeah, if, and, if, if that works this time, which we don't know yet. Well, there's been new stuff out in the last week that's pretty encouraging, uh, that, that doctor in the white lab coat, that voodoo lady, she was great. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved her I, voice. I forgot about the demon sperm. But I'm, no, I'm talking <laughs> about um, it's it's turning out that way more people have been asymptomatic and had it. Yeah, yeah. And while there isn't proof that they're immune, it's turning out that even people with low antibodies may carry the information to create the antibodies in their T-cells, which is a whole new... I'm learning a lot about uh, doctrine. And, you know, when people meet me, they're amazed how much I know about this stuff. I, I really get it. <laughs> Did you go to YouTube U? Yeah, I went to yeah. YouTube U. And, <laughs> and, but, but seriously, from all the stuff I'm reading, this virus is mowing us down much more than we thought, but killing at a lower rate than we thought, which is why I really get the... Um, I get the Wall Street shrugging it off thing now because Wall Street does not care about death at all. Like, and nor should it. It's, you know, death is death and taxes are going to happen. Uh, and, and that's the way it goes. So, you know, there's a whole this country is riding it like a cowboy, even though we don't admit it. Not much choice, is there? Well, I, on. I, I mean, we individually have some choice, like you have the choice whether to go to New York or not. We all decide right. what our protocols are, what we feel safe doing. And, uh, you know, people that got to work or got to put their kids in daycare, 
you know, they may not have a choice financially. Uh, Lisa and I being retired, we have a choice. We're just not leaving our dirt road. But it's crazy. I mean, April. Uh, I think the vaccine will start to be passed out at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And I think enough people will have had it that will be approaching what they call herd immunity by next spring. Well, that'll be a year. I mean, it kind yeah. of started in, in with any real strength in mid-March. So mm -hmm. uh, if, if, it lasts, if it only lasts a year, I would feel almost lucky at this point, the way things are going. Yes, and plenty could still go wrong because there are long-term effects of, that happen to only a certain number of people that we know of so far. Uh, there are, you know, uh, by the way, a new virus could jump the shark or the bat or whatever animal it wants to. <laughs> what's, the, what's on the menu? I thought you'd like the that. The Wuhan open market yeah, yeah. deli. <laughs> um, a, a new virus could happen at any time. There's no rule that says it only happens once every hundred years. This True. could be the opening act for the big one. Yeah. You know, this could just be the little... Uh, well, little. and you have to admit that this one is nowhere near as deadly as it was advertised. And that's part of the problem with getting everybody you know all on board to for the common good make sacrifices because to a lot of people it doesn't look like it's worth making a sacrifice yeah but that's like that's like saying you know we called the fire department and they put the fire out and now why why do we bother put, calling the fire department things out why do we why do we why do we waste the fire department's money and time yes there is some of that going on spike but 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 not that i mean the thing yeah, we, originally we looked like it could kill 5% of the people that got it. That would result and, and in a death toll of millions. If they had shut down the economy, maybe it would have. Nah, it's not looking like it kills that much. I, seriously, I, I'm obsessive compulsive with numbers, as you know. And it's not that deadly. It's just not. I mean, it's still deadly. I mean, if you're dead because of it, you're just as dead. <laughs> yeah, there's it's like a cologne that works different. What's that one song I'm thinking of? Yeah. <laughs> The one on the Wizard of Oz where they're singing about how dead she is. <laughs> <laughs> she's not only nearly dead, she's really quite completely dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're that dead, then you're totally dead. And, you know, for you, it was the worst thing ever and for your family. But when you're looking at, like, how many people cigarettes kills every year, how many people heart disease and how many people cancer, COVID is going to come in, I think they said third or fourth or something like that. And the natural turnover of human beings is somewhere around two point something million people a year are born. One child born in this world to carry on, to carry on. You know what I mean? Boom, dun, oh, boom, yeah. dun, boom, 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 and so there's a natural. Give me my virus for as long as I breathe. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, so I, I, I know I sound kind of insensitive, but but the, the, the fact of the matter is we're mortal beings and this is a bad year for mortal beings, but it's not going to wipe out the species. It's not, gonna, you know what I mean? And unfortunately, I, I say unfortunately, because if it was worse, I think I'd like to believe all humanity would pull together. And I wish they would even with what it is now. But when you walk out and you see the people without the face masks and Spike, you're a motorcyclist. Mm -hmm. How come you're not at Sturgis? 
<laughs> yeah, that's right where I finally was... found my brain. Yeah, I well, finally that's... found my brain. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I was just saying when you signed on. It's like, I noticed bikers have a hard time with this. Yes. People telling them what to do business. I mean, you know, maybe not all of them, but that. Uh, what's the what's the deal with so many that would just yeah. shirk that? Uh, well, some of them are having a, a blast. I heard there's a new motorcycle club, Sons of Antibodies, is is there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they're they're meeting mayhem, but they're okay with it. Yeah, so I saw a meme that said uh, Sturgis 2020 massive used bike sale in six weeks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm terrified at what may happen. I mean, and hey. I, I wish them all well. I, I, got, I got dear friends who are there. They are there. So um, you know people oh, who yeah. went. Did you? I, I, know, I know people long term. Long but what can you say to them? There. You just flew to New York for an unnecessary trip, even though I know it was important to you. You just I noticed did. none. I noticed none of these pictures of these guys at the at the uh, the Buffalo Chip Bar or down Main Street in downtown Sturgis are wearing gloves or masks or staying six foot from the biker next to them. No. I mean, that's, they're not practicing any way, shape, or form of social safety at all. You know, and these guys are freedom lovers. I mean, you know, they've been fed this bill of goods, and it's not as deadly as we heard. Well, it's the not as deadly as we sector. heard. Here's the problem. That's not well, fake news. These are but all it's still deadly, yes. Guys, but all, so is diabetes, and so is heart disease. And again, I don't want to use you guys as an example, but... We all do a lot of self-inflicted stuff that isn't the healthiest thing for us. Yeah, and but nobody's going to come back from from Sturgis, ride their bike back, and then give me heart disease. No, not unless no they buy you an ice cream diabetes. cone every day when they <laughs> get back. Diabetes, yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and by the way, that I think is a very important distinction. But it, since people are essentially selfish, um, it's really hard to get them to freak out about something that isn't they, they don't believe is going to hurt them. Well, I think the real danger is that people are getting fed misinformation, willfully accepting it, and they're getting fed it, you know, purposefully. There are there are bad actors out there who are feeding bad information. Yeah, but do you think that that's yeah? Like, what's the what's the bad information that people are falling for? That this uh, doesn't kill as often as the flu does. That this my friend went to a for a hangnail and got a positive result on his COVID test. You know, all this all this stuff that's just not true. Well, I mean, and and the, and the and the social media is flooded with. I haven't heard purposely. anyone claim that it's not as bad as the flu. I've heard it's. You just said, you yeah. just said it's not as deadly as we as we've been told. It's not as deadly as we were originally told it was. That's true. Okay, well, it's still exceedingly deadly. It's deadlier than the flu. It's deadlier than, you know, anything that we're facing as a nation. So. It's not as deadly as heart disease. It's not as deadly as uh, smoking. You can't can't be asymptomatic and and spread those things to people innocently or ignorantly. Uh, Yeah, and what I don't like is the people in positions of real influence. A lot of religious uh, uh, leaders, uh, you know, not not the majority, but there are some. I saw one guy who was obviously a big-time preacher. He had a huge church and a huge congregation, and you could tell he was one of those fired-up faith healer-type guys. Sure. And he's like, COVID, be gone. Yes. Oh, yeah. Poof. And he, he exhales a big poof. It's like, dude, this <laughs> is right. the last thing you want to yes. do. You know, I mean. Didn't he die? Didn't that particular okay. guy die? Understandable. I'm agreeing with you on all of this. But on the other side, these people see people that want to defund the police, and that's just as crazy to them. 
Breaking news. We just defunded the police. Yeah, but what ago. the heck does that mean? That well, means, want, at least for Seattle, that means no more SWAT uh, squad, no more, uh, and I'm not saying I agree or disagree. In fact, I really am heading towards this. And you're a, a good liberal, and you even you think it's completely uh, crazy. Well, I think def- the guy you defund is the guy who's making 300 grand a year to stand next to the Mariners dugout to make sure nobody, you know, runs onto the field. It's not the... Uh, the guys who are going and looking into the homeless camps. What they're defunding is probably a lot of things that we're actually, you know, really need. I mean, I, 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 I don't say- know. I, I, no one could explain what they're defunding because the, the alarmists think we're just going to shut down police departments and you're going to call 911 and you're going to get. Right. And that well, and that's being spread. Misinformation yeah. is being yeah. spread. What well, but that's what they, defund they the three- police sounds like to me. Well, and I don't know, I don't want to read the news. I just want to I want want to see the bumper sticker <laughs> and I want to decide what it means. Well, it, they, they passed they passed defunding the police yeah. by a uh, eight to one vote or yeah. seven to one. People vote don't have to- time to read. You should say it all in the slogan. You should not have a misleading slogan. Defund the police. I hate that slogan. I think it's a terrible but slogan. I read they they cut three of a four hundred million dollar budget. Three million. Yeah, that's not defunding that the police. Right. Exactly. That's, that's a, less than a one percent. In fact, cut. they should have said, "Let's whack their peepee." Just uh, just a uh, uh, circus. Yes. Just kind of. And I hope that doesn't bit. count on my swearing a lot. No, because if it's something <laughs> I could say to a kindergartner, I think I could say no, it. No, I think that's <laughs> whack was okay. worse. Don't you? <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah. Look. You know, uh, let's re-examine police funding and let's let's like re-examine bad cops. But defunding the police, it's a, whoever thought of that slogan is just trying to continue dividing the country. It's stupid. We, we, we said that four or five weeks ago. That was yeah. the stupidest branding of all time. It's the dumbest. Dumb. For the rest of the police. For Seattle, the rest of this year, it looks like 100 officers will get their walking papers. I mean, this isn't like an eliminate yeah. the police department. No, but it's, it's trim it's, the police. Yeah, it's right. a reduction. Trim the fat. Oh, and cut the uh, cut the uh, police chief's salary. I don't know if they were going to do that or not, but they sure wanted to. She yeah. makes two hundred eighty five grand a year, and they wanted to. I think cut your her police salary. chief should be well paid because there's a lot of responsibility on that person's shoulders, and you want to hire someone very talented, but and then you have to you hold gotta, their feet to the fire for performance, like right. any other job. You got to yeah. attract the right people on those, and you got to yeah. compete for those people. Yeah. Anyway, all right, let's move on to some of the other stuff because, uh, you know, we got uh, we got a lot to talk about here. Uh, <laughs> oh, Joe, I'm just trying to decide which one to prioritize. You pick the next story, Joe. Well, I this the last one is probably the least important, but I like the fact that that's the one I was going to go for. Yeah, there's there's and something I thought you would laugh that, at me for making that the most important story. Go no, ahead. I think this is important. Uh, it's the, the least important in the in the span of the world, but it gives me some good ideas. The uh, the cast of Friends has been trying to do a big reunion now for months uh you know they've got a big deal with hbo and everything and they were going to all get together and they were going to go back to their old set and relive all their memories and everything and they can't do it because of this this virus and my idea on that is i i think now more than ever 
if if the reality shows like Big Brother and stuff, imagine if you did friends where they reunited and they stayed reunited. Yeah, move them how, into how much, a house and, yes. and quarantine them for 14 <laughs> days and force them to live with each other. We would not be able to turn it off. No, I mean, that would be oh number God. one. We no. need Now, if we ever needed reality TV, we need it now. Yeah. I used to have never watched for a minute so any of those live in the same house together shows. Yeah, but with friends, that would be so perfect. They're all old now. They can't stand each other, probably. It'd be great. I think so. Uh, they were supposed to be part of the May launch of HBO Max. Of course, that never happened. And uh, they still hope to film at the end of summer. But then Friday, they just decided not going to happen. No new target date. The situation remains fluid. Wow. I'm looking at the cast of Friends right now. When is this picture from? Oh, that's an old picture. It would have to be. Gosh, you know I, what? Though, they all good. I, I, I got to say, Jennifer Aniston, she made it same deal that Dick Clark did with the devil because she still looks almost the same. Yeah. She, Courtney, Courtney Cox has had a ton of work done. Ton. Doesn't look like Courtney Cox. Lisa, Lisa Kudrow looks. Yeah, Lisa Kudrow uh, looks good, but she clearly has aged. Um, Matthew Perry time <laughs> or his uh, habits have not been kind. By the way, the older we get, I think we should less look askance on people who clearly have aged. Oh man, I'm not saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm in no I don't know if you've seen yeah, those yeah, Bob, I mean, Spike, and Joe pictures that Joe yeah, keeps posting. Youth. Yeah, they I clearly know. have aged a little. <laughs> I'm not saying we're Joe. You had I'm black hair, a full head of hair, and you had the pizza yeah. guy mustache. <laughs> oh yeah, I need to find some middle era pictures. By the way, if anybody has pictures, uh, Bob, Spike, and Joe at gmail.com. Right. Because uh, a lot of folks took pictures of us over the years. I got some good early ones. I got some good later ones. It's that right. middle era. I'm so like, we agree on the friends thing that they should have sucked it up oh, and done it anyway. I mean... Uh, just a live house would be great. Yeah. Give them the two apartments, you know, across the hall from each other. Yeah. Uh, big looting in Chicago last night. Uh, again, it's oh. Joe and Spike, those left-wing, power-hungry, power-lusting, lusting, uh, what do they call it? Radical left, you guys are. Yeah, we are. It's well, so this was just people wanting free stuff. This was people's whose six hundred dollars a week ran out, yeah. and I mean, they were. Uh, I don't think there was a bit of politics or. A yeah, bit but they're of, all Democrats. Uh, they're all Democrats. Equal rights matter. <laughs> Democrats <laughs> always want free stuff. You know that, Joe. Um, huh? yeah. not opposed to free stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I prefer the government to that. give me my free stuff. I don't want to have to smash a window and run with my free stuff. Okay? Right, right. Your my free stuff in my mailbox. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Joe and I were talking about binge watching. He mentioned a, and I'm going to play the twisted tune, the handicap can at the end. Uh, he mentioned the show. What's it called? Crip. Crip camp. Crip camp about the history of rights for the uh, handicapped, or I should say, um, what's the correct term again? Um, challenge. Ameri well, it's, well disabled. disabled. Dis physically disabled. Yeah, the disabled. Yeah. So the, it was how the ADA came to be. And, yeah. And the 504. with Disabilities Act. Yeah. Right. So uh, when we did the song, just for any of you who haven't heard it, the song is actually sung entirely by disabled people. And I am including me and Spike in that because I'm sure clearly we have something wrong. Yeah. Uh, but everybody else on the song were all disabled listeners of our show who helped write the lyrics. And, um, you know, it was a beautiful, it, it was poking fun at themselves. 
uh, I've actually played it for people in the last few years who are like, how did you get away with that? And I'm like, you don't understand. That would be like Kanye West using the N-word. It's okay for him. Well, and, and, and disabled people have a sense of humor. One thing yeah. I'd say about Crip Camp is it's darn funny. I mean, it's really funny. Is it a funny show, really? Well, I mean, it's not a comedy, yes. but but you've got two you've got people talking about being teenagers at summer camp, and they're both wheelchair bound, but they got to still figure out how to get it on at summer camp, and they're teenagers. I mean, it's and it's really uh, well done. And when we did the handicap can. Uh, because where people were like, you can't make fun of the handicap, and they were the people who wanted to do the song were like, we have a sense of humor, and I don't know if you remember the one line that was the most controversial of that song. Oh, uh, which line? I think it was something like with spittle running down their faces or something. Spittle running down their faces, yes. Yes. And, and that was sung guy, by a guy with spittle running down his oh face. Oh, yeah. yeah, and he fought hard for that line. It's like, <laughs> wait a minute. They were like, <laughs> I think that's too much. It was yeah, like, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like a lot of people are like, well, we can't say that. He goes, but spittle does run down my face, and I want to see that, you know, and that's my line. And it's like, okay. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, at some point, we're going to record the history of Twisted Tunes and tell stories about these songs, uh, because I really feel that those stories need to be told. Maybe when we want to take a vacation, Joe, we'll record some history of Twisted Tunes episodes, make it really easy, and uh, that way people won't get out of the habit of downloading us. Does that sound like a good idea? Yeah, we could take a few. I, I know some of the stuff, and you and Spike obviously know way more. You spent more hours actually making them than uh, than anybody. And uh, Ben, we could get him on. He probably has some stories to tell. And all Rockfish, all the people that oh, have yeah. helped us. Well, Rockfish came up with things. a lot of great songs. He would just come sure up with did. the idea, and then we'd run with it. And then sometimes I would come up with the idea and everyone else would write lyrics. Uh, but it was, it was always a team effort. So, uh, all right, we'll play that at the end. Joe and I were also talking about Netflix just in general. And Lisa and I watch a lot of Netflix. But we have sort of finished watching all of the really popular shows. You know, when we binge a show. Yeah. We go, all right, the Americans, how many seasons are there? Six seasons. How many episodes? Oh, you know, 15 to 20 episodes per season. All right, let's go. And then we watch two a night, and for the next month, we're just watching that one show. So we realized a couple weeks ago that, and I do a lot of reading to see which shows are getting a lot of buzz. There was a show getting a lot of buzz that I ordinarily would avoid. And the reason is that it was originally done in Spanish and it's overdubbed in English. And call me white privilege. Call me entitled. It's not even white privilege because, well, it is white privilege, but it's also, it's American privileged. I believe if you want to put a, a movie on my Netflix, you should learn how to speak English before you make the movie. You mean in the sense that you don't want? I don't want subtitle. anything. Yeah, I, I like all, all these actors. Bad lip syncing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so we started watching one that's got a huge buzz. I think it's one of the biggest shows ever on Netflix. But it was a Spanish show, and it's dubbed in English. You familiar with it? Not off the top of my head. What's it called? It's called. Money heist. 
I've seen I've seen it. I have no idea what it's about. Well, though. and the hype on it is incredible. Uh, at one point, it uh, during the pandemic, it was I don't know sixty million people were watching it, and so we started watching it. And it's good. It's a it's a bank uh, robbery heist by a clever clever schemer who's like a, a, a savant, brilliant brain guy. And he gets a team. You know, it's it, it's not it's, it's nothing that hasn't been done before, like Con Air or a whole bunch of other things where you get a team. Oh, Ocean's Eleven, where you get a team of robbers together that are all experts in their field, and then you pull off an incredible heist. But this one has some twists. And so I've been telling everybody I know about it, Money Heist. And I spoke to my brother the other day, uh, my brother Michael. You remember Michael? Sure. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, did you watch Money Heist yet? And he said, I tried, dude, but it, it, the overdubbing, I, I couldn't, their lips were not moving the same as the things people were saying, and I couldn't, I couldn't dig it. I said, get over your American entitlement. <laughs> I said, do you, realize, do you realize that like 7 billion people in the world have to watch all of our freaking Star Wars movies with some, you know, German dude during Darth Vader. Spike, that's a cue for you if you want to try. And Chewbacca's always. <laughs> yeah. And. And so, and, you know, and help me, Obi-Wan. Uh, I don't know how that sounds in German. But I, I said, it, seriously, you got to get into it for a few episodes. And then you forget that it's overdubbed. Although, when they're doing the overdubbing, I guess there's an art to it. They try to come up with lines that look like they're lip synced correctly. Uh, okay. So they will actually change the script a little bit. Change the dialogue to match the lip movement? Yes, and you know how I know this? Because I put on the closed captions, which were done to the original Spanish. Oh, okay. And so it's really funny that they will sometimes completely rewrite a line. And and I tuned that out, too, because the, the, the story is really good. And you keep thinking, well, this bank robbery can't last more than four or five episodes. This must be a series with short stories, and they must have more. But no. It's got legs. Mm. And I'll have to put that on the list. And nudity. That eh, maybe better not put that. I don't mind nudity. <laughs> you don't mind? What Joe? Well, I don't want I just I, I don't really watch anything that to be honest that's not real and I know that's not that's a fault of mine. I'm not saying I'm superior. What but, do you mean not real? Uh, I watch documentaries, I watch news, I watch sports, I don't <sighs> watch drama. I you don't, don't watch, watch drama? No, I, I can't remember the last time I watched a movie. I can't remember the last time I uh, watched any kind of Drama series. is an escape from the stress of our world. Don't you feel yeah. the need to do that? Nah, that's what whiskey's for, I guess. I don't <laughs> okay. know. Whiskey, you know could, I mean, whiskey might work. Whiskey makes drama. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess it could. But, but, uh, ah. but I, I, and I'm, I'm, I know I'm at fault. I mean, I can't remember the last... Talking about friends, the last, like, okay, this is a show I got to make sure to watch every week. And I can't remember hmm. the last time I had one of those in my life. So Network it's not my business, Netflix. but that makes me sad for you that you don't have escapism. 
Well, I have it, but my escapism is, you know, sitting and watching a Mariners game. That's a time for me to relax. Yeah, but that's real people and, doing real things for real money. Yeah, but it's... it's For their I'm, egos. I, but I'm sitting there thinking about them instead of thinking about all the things I probably should be thinking about. Okay. So, in a way, it's an, it's an escapism. I guess. And, and concerts. I mean, I, I do like to watch music specials and things mm. like that. Music and is I, an escape. I'll give you I that. Mean, you was, you have your own way of that, escaping. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was right after when we all did quit working together. I got into the Sopranos because that was when I had a chunk of time, and I gotta say, it was great. Okay. You know? and, and so I'm not opposed to it. I just haven't, you know, I'm not uh, inclined to watch that. Spike, stuff. shouldn't everybody at some point be binge watching something? It's important to check out and give your brain a t a, a, a break from real troubles because mm. we all got real lots of real troubles these days plus when you watch tony soprano whack his best friend you can right away say i'm not that bad of a guy i'm not that bad but you know what's so good <laughs> to true. shoot my cousin in the face you that would feel good so in good some of the right worst now. people on that one well i'll tell you what i am binge watching now and i kind of can't say i've been watched it because i watched it i put it away for a month and i'm watching it to finish it but yeah. i highly recommend this on netflix to anybody uh and i don't care if you like basketball or not but this michael jordan documentary is is out out of this world i mean mm -hmm. he had they had unprecedented access to his life uh i just watched the one where you know seinfeld pops in during the uh the Knicks, uh, you know, Jordan's last game. And mm -hmm. it, it was like they had a back, they had a camera on Michael Jordan for essentially a huge part of his career. And, and it's like no holds barred. He tells you who he doesn't like, who he does like. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, uh, no, it's good. It's really good. Really It'd be well nice made. to be a complete jerk and not care what anybody thinks about you. Yeah, he's a uh, he's and he kind of is. I mean, and, and and that's what's so funny is because you you go through the be like Mike McDonald's commercials years, and then they go, wait a minute, this dude was in Vegas last night before a big game playing for thousands of dollars, and then it, and it became like, oh, Michael Jordan likes to gamble, and and he didn't ever deny it. He said, yes, I do, and if you had my kind of money, you might too, and. Uh, uh, it was really well done, though. I would highly recommend that. To, and you don't even have to like sports to like it. So, so really far, good. I've gotten two documentaries out of you. Yeah, that's pretty much what I watch. <laughs> I love a good documentary. Yeah. I do, too. Um, I do, too. I mean, the uh, Beatles one, Above Us Only Sky, was great. I hear that the, uh, what's his name, David Foster, the guy who produced the Eagles? I hear that's an awesome documentary on Netflix. And, have you uh, guys we, seen Echoes from the Canyon yet? No. About California? About the No, but I want to see that one. Yeah, it's great. And at least and I have watched so many documentaries. Uh, I mean, we saw the one about Jeffrey Epstein. Gosh, that'll piss you off so much. Oh, I know. I watched that one. That yeah. one did. That was, so you uh, do funny. like the documentaries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I like. Yeah. I like, uh, I like uh, storytelling, real stories. Did I you like see that. the Jeffrey Epstein meme that I posted the other day on Facebook? No. Uh, what was that? It it's was a like Jeffrey a Epstein air freshener in the car, and it says, this, oh, yes. this air freshener didn't hang itself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. A little New Hampshire <laughs> humor, since, yeah. since Ghislaine Maxwell is our neighbor, or was our neighbor. Well, yeah, we wish her well, don't we? I don't wish her well, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it. Thank you. Thank okay. you. That was a morality test, and you passed. Well, I, I, you know, hey, look, uh, <laughs> she's almost a 60-year-old woman now, 
So, and she has that horrific uh, past with him and he killed himself. So, you know, she's got to be freaked out. What I wonder is how strong of a legal case do they have against her? And then, of course, I wonder what everybody wonders is, would she blow the whistle on all of our leaders? And how would you feel about that if Prince Andrew, you know, uh, Bill Clinton and Donald Trump were all in a room with minors and there's a video of it? If it was either that or a Martian invasion, which do you think you'd rather have happened to the country? Well, depends on how friendly the Martians are. I guess. <laughs> Thank I mean, you, Joe. <laughs> I mean, but uh, I, that I was not no, a real choice, and I'm glad you didn't sucker for it. Yes. Yeah, I would have no sympathy for any of those guys, though, if any not, of this comes out to be uh, to be true, and they should all be, even a sitting president should be held accountable. There's nothing that disgusts me more than mm. uh, taking advantage of, of minors in any way. So that's uh, that, and that's and that's what I didn't like about that. Uh, I mean, a really well-made documentary, but oh. but just makes you feel uh, just like oh, you know what? Uh, there are just true. The hard part about that documentary, and I don't want to give away too much, but you already know that Jeffrey Epstein allegedly hung himself, but. The hard part about the documentary is that all the years that people were trying to report him and the authorities did nothing about it because he was rich. Yep, there's a dub double standard for sure, it oh. seems like. All right. Uh, Spike dropped off, which I bet is just an internet glitch. Mm. And we're past the top of the hour. So. Right. We got some people we should thank. We got some Let's new go patrons and stuff. Uh, so, uh, some letters, Debbie says, so happy to join Patreon and happy to help support you guys. My commute has been non-existent for the last five months. I've caught up on several weeks of shows. Thanks to a road trip to Oregon. So glad Spike's doing well. Joe's oh, she's working. an anarchist on her way to Oregon to break store windows. <laughs> nice to have you, Debbie. <laughs> By the way, they may be closing the border soon. You may not be able to go to Oregon. You can't go to Oregon? Today. Really? Well, you can right now, but that's the rumor. And, wow. and my sister's freaked out because one of my one of my nieces lives in Oregon. And, okay. and they're closing New Mexico. They're closing New York. You can't go to New York now without hmm. quarantining. I think you Vermonters can, but us... Washingtonians, we'd have to uh, sit in a hotel 14 days if we went to New York. Right. And anyway, Debbie says, uh, Bob, you're always putting the best end of show highlights from years gone by, and I listen to every second. Uh, I would like to suggest a guest, Macklemore. He has done so much for the region and seems to, in my opinion, not get credit for what he does. Maybe uh, he doesn't want to highlight that, but I bet he would be an interesting and fun interview. I don't remember you guys ever having him on the air, have you? Thanks, Debbie uh, Euler. And Did no. we ever have Malcolm Moore on the show? No, we haven't no, had Malcolm Moore. Yeah. We've had Wands on a yeah. number of times, and I don't know if you remember the... Uh, uh, I will never forget this as long as I live. One of the radio highlights just from, okay, this is a, this is a weird time to be sitting here. Uh, the thrift shop video came out. The Morning Wands was on our show. Yes. Uh, and it had just come out. And me and Wands were sitting there. It had just hit YouTube, and we hit hit the button. Ah, 30,000 views. Hit the button. Ah, 40,000 views. Hit the button. Ah, 50,000 views. Oh, that's yeah. right. So it and was I, breaking on the air as we were interviewing him. 
Yeah, and I saw it in Wands' face, and we've talked about this. And boy, what a great guy. And we should get Wands on. He's wonderful. He'll come on with us. Macklemore wouldn't come on with us when we had a huge audience. Macklemore might come if we ask nice. Once again, we need a producer to get a guest. We Uh, need somebody to track You hire whoever you want. Okay, well, I will. But Macklemore or Wands, I could see by the look on his face, it was like he realized then. It's like, uh uh-oh. I mean, this is, I wasn't expecting this, and I don't think anybody was, and, uh, you know, because uh, he he had the song, essentially, of the decade. I mean, it was one of the right, top, shot. top songs, and Juan sang the hook, but, he, you know, he didn't, he wasn't a writer or anything, so right, he obviously right. didn't get the, the big coin for that, but uh, I will never forget that moment of seeing him Seeing there, me and him sitting there in the studio getting ready to go on the air and watching that thing explode in front of our eyes. I'm looking on our archives, by the way, and I do have the Wands interview part one and the Wands interview part three. Hmm. So uh, somebody erased part two. But we can run those after the handicap song, so that's nice. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, and Wands is great. He's he's become such a philosopher uh, based on his life, and, and he got cancer and he beat cancer. I mean, what a oh, great story! Awesome. All right, let's okay. say hi to the other folks. Uh, Marianne right. from uh, Wow Oslo, Norway, huh? Yes, she's been listening to us since 2000. She discovered us in Norway looking for Christmas. Is that music. why we show up in the ratings of comedy podcasts by <laughs> white guys from America as like in the rankings of Norway? Well, it's funny. Maybe Marianne is and there's a guy in Spain said, glad to see you're doing well in Spain. And yes. Maybe it's one guy. I don't know. But I'm sorry yes. what I said about the bad overdubbing on that show. I'm sure you enjoyed it in your native language. <laughs> My yes, favorite part. Norway, Spain, and uh, there's a couple other countries right. we seem to Let's do Let's say well quickly in. hi to everybody else. Kathy Carr heard the dressing recipe but, recipe, but did not hear the amount of mint. Uh, the amount of mint is the same as the amount of salt. So it's a... Uh, let's see. It's a cup of olive oil, half a cup of uh, lemon juice, fresh squeezed lemon juice, and then two teaspoons of salt and two teaspoons of fresh mint leaves. That's the dressing. And then we've got a few people will love the Pat O'Day uh, song and the stuff from last week. I teared up Pat. hearing that song. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I mean, it had Amen in it and Heavenly Father in it. <laughs> so yeah. I kind of feel like it was a good send-off. That's Faye Golub, thank you for that. Andrew Thorpe, rest in peace, the man who started our enthusiasm for radio music and the people who spun the platters morning, noon, and night. Thank you, Pat O'Day. Uh, Glenn Wall, welcome back, Spike. Glad you made it safe. Terry Bowman, happy birthday. Joe from Idaho. Hope you continue having fun and doing what you love. Marta Card says, this is the radio show I look forward to. I consider it essential and enjoyable. That's very nice. Love your Pat O'Day bit. Made me weepy. See, people are listening to the stuff at the end of the podcast. For sure. Maybe they're just skipping to it. Who knows? <laughs> you can fast forward on a podcast. If you don't like us, go to the end. It's back, right. back when we stuff, were good. Stuff you might like the stuff you like. Yeah. Uh, here's another. Uh, although I have suggested Spike do things like mascot for team sports. Someone with a job for you, Spike. My suggestion has always been... Just a hype man for every event in around Seattle. Seahawks, Mariners, Storm, and Kraken. Wouldn't, who wouldn't want to hang out with Spike at a game, pregame, host, hoisting the flag? You should work in a sports team in Seattle. I'd if like they to ever have something. sports again, you should try that. Yeah, I know. 
That's not a good time to go playing at sports teams. Yeah. Uh, here's someone who says, how do I listen to the pre-2020 podcasts? Apple and Spotify seems to start in January of this year. That's interesting. I I think you can go to BobRivers.com, and I think they're all there. I think they are, because I have yeah. noticed that as well, that they okay. don't, they don't uh, archive. Apple will drop. They don't, you know, they yeah. don't just keep piling them on there. All right. Last call. That was anybody quiet. Got, yeah. Yeah. Anybody got something? <laughs> Burning desire to speak? I just want to say, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Be a, a good person and uh, love everybody, no matter which 38% or middle they are. Be nice. And uh, we'll all get along and we'll get through all of this. And uh, by next spring, uh, my prediction, uh, vaccine, herd immunity, Get out there and slobber all over each other again. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll quickly say that uh, how much I love my daughter. Spike obviously relates to this. He just went to New York to get his. My daughter came over, spent my birthday with me, spent the night, actually bought me a gift with her own money mm. that I love. It's a, uh, I've been wanting one of these. It's a, a phone holder that is li like your wallet, too. Now, I don't know if that's good or bad, but now. I have that. I'd, I've always yeah, had that, yeah. I've never had that, and Emily was very thoughtful, so I'm. Careful, uh, because after it gets beat up a little, sometimes the credit cards fall out. Oh, okay. So don't, I, and you know what causes that to happen? Is trying to shove too much stuff in there. Right, and that's the problem. Packet. Yeah, yeah. I got a, I've got a, I got a downsize on on my credit. Card I had stuff. a hunch you might be the type to shove too much stuff in. Just, just yeah, yeah. I'm a wallet pack rat. Yeah. no question about it. All right, it. sounds good. Uh, Spike, you get the last word. Um, it's just nice to hear you guys, and I'm sorry I was late to the show. Um, I, I'll find out tomorrow that I can sleep with my wife again. It's been a long week <laughs> home sleeping in the basement on the couch trying to quarantine myself away from my wife before i find out that i'm covid clear bob spike and joe everywhere you go you can't escape the trio coming on with brio you'll love everything But it cost me an arm and a leg. Yes, I can see that. Pretty groovy appliance. I bet the ladies dig it. I bet. Who goes in the bathroom? Grabs the biggest stall. A handy metal railing so they don't slip in the bowl. The handicapped. Oh, the handicapped can. The handicapped can. Cause they got a special sticker. Makes them better than you.
For Mike Wansley, a.k.a. Wands, the past year has been spent on airplanes, buses, and hotel rooms at some of the biggest and most prestigious stages in the world. Wands is the guy who sang what became the most popular hook on the planet and has now been rewarded with a Grammy nomination for Thrift Shop. Off Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, mega-selling uh, record, the height. Ma- make that two. Two Grammy, two Grammy nominations. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. I thought you were giving me the peace sign. I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> but who's counting? <laughs> last, week, last week was typical for Wands. Three sold-out key arena shows. A quick jet to New York to play a packed Madison Square Garden and watch Miley Cyrus twerk. Then back to Seattle the next night for a children's hospital benefit uh, because he does lots of great work. Millions will see him on Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve and performing at the Grammys. Really? <laughs> but first, Wands is going to lend his time and talent to perform as part of an acoustic Christmas this Saturday evening in Ballard with some other uh, great artists mm-hmm. that we know and love. Audra Brew, Chris Orlowski, uh, Hollis oh, Wong Ware, tons and tons. All right. Hollis! We'll put all the ticket information and a list of additional artists at BobRivers.com. Wands, welcome back. Hey, what's happening? You look good. Oh, well, I got it to keep up with you people. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> dude. <laughs> dude, really? 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 You know, some people, though, when things are going really well, they look a little road weary, mm-hmm. and you feel for their schedule and how hard they're working. Mm-hmm. You look fresher even than the last time I saw you. I don't know what that means. That means I'm smart enough not to drive the bus. I'm smart to stay in my rack and go to bed. And, right. You know, it's like after show. It's like. It was pretty funny because I rode with the I rode with the production crew with with a lot of the video guys and 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 a lot of the audio guys just because they were it was number one it was all guys number two they were seasoned they knew what they were doing and um, I had never toured for real before all this stuff popped off so it's like you know how best to learn than to hang out with cats who do it right, right. so Survive. you were yeah so you were uh, uh, so wait a minute you had a choice you could be on a different bus or a, or a bus with the I, video I was, crew I was offered a, you know there were other circumstances how many buses are there in the Macklemore well, entourage there were seven buses and yeah, five trucks which one had a hot tub on it none of them had a tr- mm-hmm. had a hot tub but Ryan's bus had a studio Wow. Oh, a studio for recording, so you yep. could do stuff while you're on the road. Yep. Smart and very easy these days to do. So you wanted to ride with the veterans. Yep. Because you're, you're fascinated by this whole mega touring thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. still pretty starry-eyed about it. Wow. I, it's like what did it, you learn from these guys? Well, uh, what I learned is, is you know, it, you have to pace yourself. All these guys, pay, you know, during the European tour, it was it was a little different. Where you know there there are guys that actually hang all the all the trusses that the lights go on, those are the riggers. They go in first. They usually go in about seven thirty. The video guys who put the video wall together, they go in next, and they usually go in about ten eight thirty nine. Yeah, about nine or ten. And then the audio guys go in. They hang the PA. The stage people come in pretty much at the same time. And by noon, you know the stage is pretty much put together. 
And then it's a matter of plugging everything in, making sure it all works, and that takes about till 4 o'clock. We have sound check at 5, dinner at 6, and doors open usually at between 6 and 30 so and you, 7. you are almost like an architect would. You like seeing the whole structure of it's, how it's put together. It's amazing. I mean... For anybody who's seen pictures of the of the set, I mean, five trucks is five semis is a lot. Yeah, There's a lot of stuff. And it's the right? same setup every time, but each venue probably poses a unique S- challenge. Right? Some venues are smaller than others, right. and some some roofs. Don't, is it like don't a giant carry. erector set? But each time, each kid's bedroom, you have to put it in, put it up slightly differently to Pretty fit much. under the furniture, right? Pretty much. Yeah, and and now you don't do the work. No. No, no, those are skilled those are skilled guys. I mean, there's uh, the production manager, he's been doing it for 18 years figuring out Are you out smiling all day while you're watching the giant stage go up? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, I've got I've got pictures that I don't post. Usually I try to post at least one picture where where you mm-hmm. know, before show when everything's getting put together just simply cuz I have to remember that I can't believe I'm here doing this. You just have like a childlike wonderment. It's dude, great. Dude, it's yeah. like I've I've I think people really underestimate how long 40 years of dreaming about doing something is. It's like, you know, when, yeah. when we're kids, when we're kids, we're playing, street fo- we're playing street football. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there's five seconds left and I'm going to split out and the guy throws me the ball. Three, two, one. Touchdown. So Everyone's cheering for one. Yeah. There's a, yeah. There's a, you know, it's like you dream about that stuff when you're playing street football and when you're, you know, eight and nine years old. But it takes on a whole new meaning when you're in high school or when you're in college or when you're in the NFL and you're the guy that they're throwing the ball right. to and you're winning the game. You're so the you're guy. a journeyman musician. Yep. And you never expected to be in the big game, talk, call it like the Super Bowl. You never expected to be in the big game, uh, you, but you still, for the love of music, love music and worked and gave your whole life to music. No, 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 no. I always expected it because... You did uh, expect it. I expected it because from Lake Louise Elementary School, Man Junior High, Lakes High School, everyone said, that's what you're going to do. So you never quit expecting it. You just basically was, what's taking so long? I did expect. Yeah. I did I, I did quit <laughs> expecting like in 2008, 2009. Just before it came. I, I you know, there was, I, I was convinced there's no such thing as an old pop star. I expected I was going to win the Mega Millions, but it didn't work out. You, yeah. <laughs> who, who else do you like for new music? Like, uh, the, like things that come out now, are there things that you uh, dig? Like Lord, uh, that gal from New Zealand who seems you to know, be pretty authentic. She is an amazing writer, but what I hear, and I don't know this for sure, I haven't done a lot of homework. I've been too busy trying to keep my brain together so I can, like, function. Um she was. She's been a project. She's. She's kind of an anomaly. She's been a. She's seventeen, but she. She had been a project, from by the A and R people since she was twelve. Wow. So she spent a lot of years being groomed and groomed and groomed. And wow. so you know the thing about the thing about the music business and 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 people are people are. It's almost like the Matrix. I mean, artists are grown. Yeah. <laughs> it takes time. It does. Mm. Ooh. All right, Wands. Is this your stuff? This is Wands. This is my stuff. Oh, yeah. That your love is out the door. And the good thing that we had something so good. Now it's something so bad. Tell me to come away and what's the reason? Baby, baby, Wands, you've got a big career ahead of you, my friend. <laughs> That's great stuff. Mm-hmm. You gonna be a big solo artist too? I don't know what I'm gonna be. Um, conventional logic uh, right now is to try to figure out how to build on the the exposure that I've gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm gonna be more interested in doing more hook work before putting out more 
you know, like a, like the solo EP that like, you know, the, that you're playing right now. Wow. Um, so you call it hook work. Hook work. So yeah. hooking is what this city right. was built on. We were talking about we that We were talking about, I was listening to that on the way in. It's like, wow, this is like, this is not. So are you going to join land. the Seamstress Union as well? Um, well, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, I signed a distribution deal with a small label, um, The End Records, and and uh and small is the key again right independent yeah independent it's an an independent label and you let the people decide you do your best work yeah yeah you know it's like i've i've actually been home for a little while long enough now to like actually revisit my i spent half the day yesterday doing updates to my computer and my studio computer so i could actually work (laughs) but yep uh yes jeff before you go, I want to give you a little present. It's not much, but uh, this was given to me by my friend Shannon. This is his picture. Nice. This is the only guy I know that's flashier than you or as flashy that spends a lot of time wearing suits. They call him the C-Pimp. The C-Pimp. Yeah. And this is a little 12th man lapel that you can wear. You know, Sweet. And that will that will be a way you can represent the 12th man because you spend more time in flashy suits than any guy. No, I'll never wear this. You'll man. notice we never show up in the same place together. Yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> But there, the, you can wear that on your suit if you want, and it'll just be a little representation of the are 12th you a, man. Are you able to enjoy the Hawks I- I on the road? Or I'll tell you, the coolest, you the coolest thing was to be in New York and to be on the Upper East Side, and there's a there's a bar that I, I the name always escapes me, but it is a Seahawk haven. It was amazing to watch a game there. Hawks Nest in New York, yeah, Upper, West, upper East Side, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Upper East Side. It's like yep. Carlo something. It's It's Irish. But after they got done, they played uh, Can't Hold Us, and then they played Thrift Shop. Nobody in the room believed that it was me. <laughs> you were like, that's me? <laughs> no, they didn't know. It was, oh. It's like I was telling people, yeah, that's my song. Really? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Still, you know. Well, yeah. and just announced this morning, the number one selling song of the year on iTunes, Thrift Shop. Thrift yep. Shop was number one. Yeah, that's the top song. That's- yep. You beat Blurred Lines. Thank goodness. So you did it without naked women in the video. Yeah, and you know that's a testament more so to to, to Macklemore and Ryan Lewis than it is to me because, you know, these guys are really really smart people. We had a long conversation on the way back from New York. These guys are the, the some of the smartest, most thoughtful people I have ever met. And period. S- and smart story. enough to say Macklemore and Ryan Lewis featuring Wands on that song. So to give you. To give you credit on there is pretty smart because you're a you're yeah, a heck of very a guy. Cool. Oh, but I am imagining the thrift shop video if it had been done crossed with blurred lines. It'd be quite a cool video, actually. <laughs> All the clothes she doesn't need to wear. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> don't need to wear that. <laughs> I'm I'm there, don't need to wear that. I was going into the vintage women <laughs> part. You know, yeah. like, yeah. how, how do, where do you find these vintage women? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Uh, yep, number one, uh, and uh, just the best-selling album of the year. Fantastic stuff. Wands, uh, this weekend, with a whole bunch of great local musicians, mm-hmm. coming out of three sold-out Key Arena shows, coming out of Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. to hang out for an acoustic Christmas in Ballard. Yep. Will, you, will you perform some of the stuff like we just played, your original stuff? Um, I'm going to do... Uh, one original that is on the EP, and then I'm going to do my single. I redid the Christmas song. You can find it on iTunes. and It's kind of dancey-dancey, happy-happy. There's a little bit of Juan's personality in it. And um, I'm going to do both of the songs uh, a cappella. 
right. And now, because you're so known for thrift shop, mm -hmm. can you perform it without Macklemore? Can you have someone that, or would that be that be blasphemy? Of some I sort? I usually don't because okay. that's that's work. I'll do it, but you gotta pay me. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's it's for, for it's, we're, it's, it's hook for work. The goodness yeah. of the season is what he's doing. Ready for a ballot. You've learned a lot since a year ago. I was yeah, going, you, I really, you really ought to make a T-shirt, dude. The last when you were here a year ago, he goes, "Yeah, I should think about that." Yeah. you sold a few wand shirts. Well, yeah, now, nine, it took nine months to. They have the quandary of how do you get? How, what's the logic in right. in having kids pay full price for a shirt? Pimping a song that says "Don't pay full price for stuff." <laughs> <laughs> so you know we're in we're in uh -huh. we're in Oslo, Norway, and finally it's like you know why not just put your picture on it and say "King of the Thrift Shop" and. Three days Let's later, for it. Yeah. we had a shirt. By the way, you're wearing a ball cap backwards. Is that because no one paid you to show the logo of what it says on the front? No, that's <laughs> that's because I know we we're getting filmed, and I didn't want any controversy because it's a oh. balls deep hat. Oh, there you go. Is that a team? Uh, it's the Ducks have more plays over 20 yards this season. Oh, than any other yeah, team that's wild. Yeah. Balls deep. Yeah. <laughs> I, was at, I was at an elementary school yesterday, totally forgot I wore the hat. And it's like, wow, nice hat. My son goes, wow, nice hat to wear to an elementary school. I said, there's a football on it. You get it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Throwing the deep balls. Uh -huh. Acoustic Christmas in Ballard, yep. December 20th and 21st, Friday, Saturday. Mm -hmm. Friday, Chris Orlowski. Help me if I mess up any of these names. Noah Gunderson, Braden Blake. Ben Carson, Aaron Jones. Aaron's mm -hmm. playing Aaron. XO, 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 XO. Mm -hmm. uh, Saturday, it's Hollis Wong Ware. Uh -huh. uh, Wands is Saturday. Uh -huh. First. So make sure you know that. Mm -hmm. You're on first? Mm -hmm. Okay, Saturday. So don't be late. Don't be late. Katie Kate, hobosexual. Hobosexual. Those guys are great. They've yep. been in here. Oh, yeah, they have been. It's yeah. so funny how you think that you don't know these people. <laughs> half, half of them have been in our studio. Half of them have been Chris on Chris Orlowski has been in here. Uh, ben Hollis. Carson has been in here. Uh, Darling, Ron, when you Hollis. get as old as us, you'll understand that you know all these things that you don't know. And Audra Boo was just here yesterday. <laughs> Audra Boo was just here yesterday. So oh, really? Saturday night's Brilliant. a great lineup, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, check out all, and we do. We support all the local music on this show, all the unsigned uh, people that are beating the bushes and have great time. Yeah, you want to support local music people, open a club. There's no place for people to play. Right now, yeah. Yeah. There's no place for kids. There's no. There's no place for kids to develop their art. That's something for you to do, Joe. Huge, open up, hey, open huge, club. huge difference between here and other cities. I mean, there is no place. To, I mean, really? since hey. there's no rock candy anymore. Mm -hmm. There's no mid. There's no right. mid-level clubs to play. Right. Joe's Watering Hole. I'd love think? it. There's nothing on the east side. I've thought about that. So Watering Hole. Wands yeah. have a fantastic holiday happy, season. Happy holidays to all of you, and it's great to see you guys.
fell out on the streets Looking good, but baby deep down in your heart I guess you know that it ain't right Now the Each time I tell myself 